Welcome everyone to Destination Indie. All your wonderful indie news coming in to you from Xbox Game Pass. As always, I am Captain Logan, uh, but things are going to be a little bit different. I always have with me Kylia. Kylia, welcome back. How are you doing? It's been a while. Thank you. Yes, it has. Life has gotten in the way, but I'm really excited to start this back in 2022. Yeah, well, I was going to take numbers out of that so that we can uh, totally keep this evergreen. But hey, if we're dating <laughs> ourselves, you know, that's, that's totally fine too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're we're going to be doing Destination Indie as much as possible. Um, as always, there are plenty of indie games coming in from Xbox Game Pass. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to know what's good and what's not and what to play and what you should take advantage of outside of, you know, the times that you're sitting there playing Halo Infinite because you really want those cyber stuff that are going on right now. Uh, but there's th things are going to change. Things are going to be a little different from now on. Um, as as much as I love uh, playing the games that, that Kylia tells me to play, uh, we're, we're going to be shifting things up a little bit. In fact, one of our, our, our good friends, Zamwow, is going to be jumping in with us. Uh, he's actually going to be helping with uh, the, the actual content of it while I kind of take a backseat and start doing some more of the production side of it. So while I put everything together and make sure that it sounds all nice and, and fun for you guys, uh, they are going to be the ones that are kind of heading off this conversation so zam welcome to destination indie how are you doing hey thank you i am doing quite well awesome well it's good to have you here i'm glad that you kind of picking up the mantle uh that of, of playing video games that lish tells me to play and help maybe we can actually come to some some stronger agreements about what's actually good and what's actually bad as opposed to me being wrong and her being right and have some fun with it you know we can only hope it's true yeah hope hope is all we have <laughs> um so it, the game that we're jumping into this week is actually going to be the artful escape um so lish like this was this was kind of your choice i'd played it a while ago and sam you, you played it more recently and you just finished it so mm -hmm. um I, I figured i'd give you guys the stage if you guys wanted to talk about the game and and where it stands uh what got you into it things like that well, i actually want to start with uh in our discussions of how we were going to make some, be making some adjustments to the podcast and how we were going to be handling everything. Ooh, uh, I thought that um, I'd like to have a little bit of direction for it this year. Um, one, it's motivation for us to, to play things for, you know, all of our listeners. Um, but two, I just think it would be fun. So we decided to do alphabetical. Um, so that means we're going to start with A and work our way to Z and for better or for worse, whatever we find in that category when we get there, <laughs> we're going to talk about. Um, in this particular case, I heard excellent things from actually starting with you uh, from people about Artful Escape and then Zam as well. So it's definitely something that we wanted to give a try and see what we thought of it. And it was an experience. Yeah, definitely. Zam, uh, are, are you happy with this arrangement? Are you looking forward to doing this A, a to Z for indie indie games? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I helped pick out some of them. I've, I've got my B game done already. So obviously the A one. So I've got a couple more picked out. kind of helps me like when you pull up Game Pass, it actually already brings games up alphabetically. So you can just kind of work your way down the list. Uh, kind of helps. Can we get a bit of a tease on what the B is? Oh, it's Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, 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 my. And that doesn't mean we dislike any of the other games in the category. It's just what we felt would be the game that we most would like to focus in on within that letter awesome. doesn't yeah. mean like for example origami isn't a good game or anything like that i went on uh went on sexiness rating so 
sex appeal. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and everybody turns their heads off the podcast. No. Oh. oh no. <laughs> well, um, I guess that's kind of where I should pick up, huh? Yeah, this is uh it's gonna be your guys's. I'm I'm gonna be hanging back and doing the, the production side of this, but I'll I'll jump in if something uh creeps my interest. But for the most part, it's uh it's all on your guys's uh all on your guys's side. So take it away. Well, I'm going to um kind of do my usual intro. So Artful Escape is a game that's by Beethoven and Dinosaur. And um that is the studio there in Australia. It is their first game. It released on September 9th of last year. And uh <clears throat> It was a day release console exclusive, but it actually also launched on Steam at the same time. Now, um, January fifth of twenty, January twenty fifth of twenty twenty two, they also uh, released it on PS four, PS five, and Switch. So everybody has a really good chance to play this. Of course, it's on Game Pass, and that's the most recommended way to give this a try. It's about a five hour long game, um, and then the publisher is Annapurna, which we really like Annapurna around here apparently because we have already gone through several Annapurna games including but not limited to Donut County and What Remains of Edith Finch. I couldn't find anything about how many staff members there were, but there is something interesting worth mentioning. Um, Johnny Galvatron is the creative director of Artful Escape, and he actually used his band and his experience with his band to do the music for this. Uh, the Galvatrons, worth looking up, really cool band. Um, and then what happened is the Galvatrons enjoyed the whole thing so much that now they're releasing a studio that, it, or I mean, a, an album that is based off of the game. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> and, it, and this is normally where I kind of go through like gameplay style and, and stuff like that. But I, I guess it's kind of hard to explain or talk about what artful escape is i mean somebody told me prior to me starting it that it was an experience and i do feel like that is the most accurate way to describe it not as a walking simulator or a music game but an experience sam what, what are your thoughts on your your first thoughts when you I, started the game I, I i i can give you a description for this game which may in some have my feelings on it but it is a uh, a gorgeous looking walking simulator where you're walking from uh, a game of Simon to another game of Simon. That's a really good way to put it. It's very forgiving too. There's, there's no, it's got no fail mechanic, so it's really nice. But um, <clears throat> in Artful Escape, I'm going to lose my voice one second. So in Artful Escape, you play as a character. His name is Francis Vendetti, and he is living in the shadow of his uncle, um, and his uncle is this big, famous music person who sold 20 million copies and everything like that and is no longer around. And so everybody expects him to follow in his footsteps and become this, you know, undeniably awesome folk musician in his life. And he feels like this weighs really heavily on him. And then <laughs> that's when it starts getting weird. Uh, he, he was out in the beginning of the game, just playing around on his guitar. And he starts doing some riffs that are very different than the, you know, basic folk music that he has been doing. And then when he um, starts playing that, some girl just shows up out of nowhere and starts talking to him. And uh, when she starts talking to him, she basically says, like, meet me at this place. And so that's how the game launches you into kind of an exploratory mode. You go into the town, you start kind of looking around and talking with people and, and building that background while looking for lightmans. Uh, do you want me to continue the story? Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> you you wander around the town, kind of ask people what lightmans is. Everybody says, oh, oh, you should. And I don't 
mm, I don't know, or uh, you shouldn't look into those things. And you're like, what in the world? And you end up going, wandering your way through the entire town, head back to your home. And then in the middle of the night, you wake up and this uh, wackadoo looking alien comes strolling up to the front door of your house and you walk out in your pajamas like uh what up dude <laughs> and he's like we're we're going on an adventure and you're like where he's like lightman's and you're like oh awesome and away you go off on an interstellar rock opera adventure and this is where the game actually really gets interesting because your whole time that you spend with the game from that point forward is where you really start to go on a journey of self-discovery for Francis. Because Francis realizes through the course of his interactions with uh, different people, aliens, experiences, that kind of thing, that he doesn't really know who he is outside of being in the shadow of his uncle. So the whole game is pushing you through these different experiences to figure out who you are and what you are and what you like and who you want to be and what do you want to do with yourself. And there's there's like a point where you pick a name where somebody says, you don't have to be what everyone says you should be like you you can pick your own name you can go be something completely different from what you are and and so it's a it's five hours but it's five hours of him coming to terms with what he wants to be i always got the Logan. A, a vibe that this was like a very very much like the the intro to any good sci-fi 80s movie did you guys ever <laughs> did you guys get that like that feel when you were playing through yeah it? It's definitely, yeah, it's it's got some really interesting music and graphics and audio and, and it's I, it's such a cool thing and it's hard to kind of compartmentalize and say, this is what it is. Um, I, I honestly, like I didn't, the game didn't pick up for me until a little later on, probably about two hours in, which sounds weird. Okay, so halfway through. Um, there's a point at which you're, you go through three separate adventures. And right around the like beginning of the second adventure, you get to choose who your character becomes. Hair, outfit, clothing, guitar, everything. And that's where the game really became like a really neat experience for me. Because now I'm not just playing a character, but I'm playing my character. And, and every time that I got to see my character, like it made me smile or laugh because I made a character that was so utterly ridiculous that it was just fun to look at. He may or may may not have been wearing leggings and hot pants and a cowboy jacket and spiky hair. I mean, maybe. Logan, what did you do with your character? I'm I'm having a real hard time remembering. I just remember really just going like as goth as possible, like as, as rock goth, like just leaned heavy into all of it and just really enjoyed it but yeah and it's funny too because when that scene uh or that section of the game first comes in i was actually really bored i was like oh man am i really just gonna like run around and customize my character like i'd much rather just get back to the to the scenes where i'm just running through different planets wailing on a guitar and i was i was kind of surprised i was actually really enjoying myself when when i was customizing my character and by the time i got done with it i was like and that was awesome. <laughs> I didn't expect I was going to have so much fun digging through all the different cosmetics. And I was really surprised, you know, seeing other people's uh, like choices with their character. Like I, I haven't seen really anyone that looks exactly the same as anyone else. It's always been slightly different. So the, the, the options are great. The, the character creator was awesome. And the way they, they, they split it up 
into this big long kind of mall section where you have to run to each section to figure it out but then uh every time you go to a new section you can still within that menu go back to the earlier stuff to mix it up which was just a brilliant uh, uh way to add that in i want to take this second just to segue and say every character creator should be that like give me an option of 10 to 20 different things that i can put on my character for each like head you know, top, bottom, gloves, everything else. But then let me customize the color. Like that was, I think one of the coolest parts of that is that you could, once you selected what you wanted to put on your character, is you could select um, the secondary or the primary, the secondary and the tertiary colors, effectively completely customizing every piece of gear that you've put on your character. And I don't know why other games don't like borrow that idea because that's freaking brilliant because then you can still make your character stand out in the way you want to, but still not look exactly like the person next to you if you choose the same outfit. Absolutely. Uh, and then I, I, again, I have to bring it back that you can go and you go like, oh, I love these pants and this and this. And then as you move on to uh, again, because it's set up like a like a mall. So you're visiting each store and each store is like pants and shirt and jacket and but as you get to the jacket one and you pull it up and you're like, oh, I really like this jacket. Oh, wait, I wonder what it will look like with these other pants. Instead of having to run back to the first store, it's just unlocked in the menu. You could just tab over to it and swap it out. That was great. What I have to complain about with it, even though it made sense story-wise where it was, it is so far into the game before you actually get to the, the, the customization. Like it's You're halfway through the game. That's literally the halfway point. I would have liked to have seen it earlier, but I understand canonically why they put it where they did. Um, yeah. I do feel like in, in stating that this is an experience, like you have to really go all the way through. Like don't don't play an hour and be like, I'm bored and then just stop and never come back. Like give it give it a chance because the further you get into the game, the more dynamic the experience gets and the more it really like resounds and the cooler it gets. Um, there's, I, I want to touch really quick on the mechanics, um, because that's some, the, the mechanics I think should be discussed separately from the story itself and kind of what they were trying to achieve. Uh, and the mechanics of the game are truly very basic. They put you into a limited environment. You explore said environment. Again, I'm trying to do this without major spoilers. Um, you explore said environment, you know, sometimes there's elevators and such, but you move all the way around, look, you know, talk to everybody. Um, and then once you kind of find what the trigger point is to move on from that environment, typically there's one of two sections. There's going to be a section where you get to free riff on the guitar, which is cool because no matter how much you free riff on the guitar, the background music makes you sound like you are the coolest freaking person in the world. Like you could just be like button mashing like I was. And I still sounded like I was the most bad a guitar player in the world. It was so cool. Um, and then there's also a secondary, which is the, what Zam mentioned earlier, as Simon says type uh, game. It's not too bad. It's very forgiving. There's no fail mechanic, but it'll do a series of button presses that you have to duplicate. And I think the controller scheme and setup on that is really weird. And I never did quite get accustomed to that. Um, but once you successfully complete those button presses, then it will have you move on to like the next section of either running or, or um, there is limited platforming where you're like jump jumping. 
Um, but it's the core of it. I think it's just trying to make you feel cool. You know, it's not, it's not a hard game. It's not like an extensive platformer experience. Like the most you're doing is jumping over minor, minor gaps. And if you fall down the gap, it just restarts you and you do it again. Um, Zam, what, yeah, I saw you nodding. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, like, as far as that that platforming goes, um, like, even when it resets, you don't even get thrown way back to a checkpoint. It's like literally at that jump, so it's it's super handy there. Um, and and I hundred percent agree with you for the button layout. The it uses X Y B and then the two shoulder buttons. So in this weird layout of again, it's it's Simon like the the red, yellow, blue, green board game. Is that board game? Anyways, electronic okay. game. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little disc. Yeah, it's it, it's just a glorified version of that. It's super forgiving. But all of it is done with like your thumb and like all of it is done with your right hand. And then except for one button on your left hand. And I won't lie, that threw me off so many times. Like it just until like until I was really far into the game. And I just even then it was still... Especially when there was like multiple button presses where they'd want you to press like Y and bumper at the same time. Like that's just, yeah. I would stare at it for a split second. Oh, okay. That's what they want. Yep. Yep. Or, or yeah, Y and X. I'm like, well, let me, let me or t- turn my thumb like this so I can hit both of them at once. It's that's what a weird combo. Definitely a couple of points in which I physically like had to set the controller down in order to hit multiples <laughs> where it'd be like, I want you to hit like, Bumper a uh, a B and Y all at the same time and only uh-huh. finger that. So did it make you guys feel like you could have been playing it on a GameCube controller? Yeah. Oh yes. my god. It yes. Yeah. It looked like a GameCube controller. Oh yeah. You nailed it. I was wondering too with the the cosmetics you guys were talking about. I was thinking about it. Uh, there's no opportunity for you to play as anyone other than the male protagonist. Uh, Kylie, when you were playing through this, did you want to play as a female when you were going through this? I did, but that's, I, I don't know. Like, it's weird because when you get to the customization, like you can even put female outfits and hair and stuff like that on the character and skirts and all of that, but you can't actually adjust the gender or the voice or anything like that. And then without thinking, I named my character Casia, which is one of the names that I use for things. And then the whole time he's like, I am the unmissable Casia. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like This is awkward. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that because uh, a lot of the, the dialogue in the game is actually voiced, which is really cool given the, the cast members that they got for this. Uh, you know, they got some real A-list actors from Hollywood to be able to be members. But, you know, your your character, I think it's uh, Michael Johnson, uh, is the, the main protagonist in this. And he's he's got a great voice. Uh, but going through the character customizer, I couldn't help but notice. I was like, well... Would my character wear a garter belt? I don't know if I would wear a garter belt. That doesn't seem like a a me thing to do. Uh, So I was thinking it was like, I would probably be more okay with that if I was playing a female character because I have no no reasons for me to want to uh, cross-dress in this instance. But if I was playing a female character, then hell yeah, I would probably lean into the into the so, uh, social, uh, you know, norms of what people expect people to wear and stuff and that felt more natural than, uh, you know, what I was being given. But I think that that was a really interesting point that the game gave me options like that to say, if this is what you feel comfortable with, those options are made available to you, but not 
so far as to say that they're going to have a female protagonist. I feel like I it could have. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it absolutely could have. I, I mean, it, obviously it costs more to hire a second voice actor to or actress to to bring them in and have them voice the thing. But you don't even have to change the character's name. The character's name is Francis. That's can eat, that's a, a, a nice uh, uh, multiple gender, gender name. Yeah, gender neutral. Thank you. Words. Well, yeah, if... you could, I mean, it, they could have just had characters. I mean, there was points in which they referred to the character as it or they. Um, in addition to he, I mean, it, it very easily could have generalized that when recording voice lines and then done both a male and female character. So there's there's two, there is a male-female couple, well, not couple, but uh, characters in this game. Violetta is, is one you come across pretty quickly into the game, um, and she is fully voiced as well, too. Uh, it seems like th this would have been an instance where if I was making the game, I would have had the two voice actors that are doing uh francis and violetta record each other's lines and that way you could flip the two characters when you're making the game if you wanted to play a female protagonist you'd be playing as violetta and francis would be the person that you meet later on and vice versa for anyone that wanted to play play through as a male presenting protagonist that's actually uh, a brilliant idea yeah i agree i love that go design games <laughs> i'd rather talk about them or watch you guys talk about them. um speaking of it does have a pretty stellar cast in terms of who did the voices in the game i mean there's not a lot of people you you stick with the main you know people over and over but um there is michael johnston as francis caroline kinley as violetta um, is it Lena Headey? Yeah, Lena Headey. Headey? Headey? Cersei Heady. from Game of Thrones. Oh. Jason Schwartzman as Zom. Which if you guys and don't Mark know... Mark Strong. If you guys don't Go know Jason, Jason Schwartzman, he is he is a gem. He's been in so many amazing films and he's such a character actor. I love him. And Mark Strong. Mark Strong is in just about everything. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize like who Mark Strong was because it's kind of a generic name. Not No offense to Mark Strong. But you know what I mean? Like I went and I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, he is in everything. Like I know that guy from... All the stuff. Yeah. Jason yeah. Schwartzman, the the end boss in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes. Mark Strong uh, was in he Gideon. He's, hmm? no, oh, Gideon. Gideon oh. Graves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He a plays G Man. Yeah, G Man. Uh and uh He's the bad guy in every film. Yeah, yeah, he really is the bad guy. <laughs> uh Mark Strong plays uh Merlin in the Kingsman franchise as well, too, but he was also yes. in Shazam. He's he, I, I love him. He's just he's in uh gosh, I, I can't think of the the one movie that I was just I was just thinking about. I'm trying to find it real quick. But yeah, he's Mark Strong is in a ton of he does a ton of voice work as well. Uh but he was a uh, uh Frank DeMarco in kick-ass um the the bad guy in that one uh he was oh, yeah he was septimus in stardust um yes he was uh, i yeah. love that movie so much just my favorite movie of all time yeah so he's he, he, a lot of films of his that i i absolutely love absolutely exceptional but but then you've got like lena hetty as well as in caroline kinley it's it, like the whole cast is is so good that i don't forget it, carl weathers and carl uh, that's true sorry i'm i'm so sorry 
uh, always going in, Mando, you know, you <laughs> half expect him, <laughs> Carl Weathers, talking about his, his uh, fights against Rocky and, and hiring Mando to go take out some, some, uh, some, some ruffians out in Tatooine. It's like, come on, like this cast is insane. Uh, and, and yet during 2021, 12 minutes was getting so much more play, so much more attention for its cast than uh, the Artful Escape. I was just like, are you crazy? Look at this cast. They're amazing. That's all I had yeah, to honestly, say. <laughs> Sorry for the non-sequitur. <laughs> no, I, I until we were like it started rolling the credits in the beginning of the game because I went completely blind. I didn't look at achievements. I didn't look up like what it was about. I wanted to just experience it completely raw. And uh, I started rolling the credits in the beginning. I'm like, whoa, look at these people! Like I had no idea that it had big names like that in it. Yeah, and unless you you know the voices, it's it's hard to pick up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, what next? I was gonna say, um, why don't we talk a little bit about? Can are we able to talk about the story without ruining it? I mean, the story uh, the story is kind of the premise kind of, of the whole game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like if if you read a, a, a blurb about the the game, like a synopsis of what the game is, like outside of it being a Simon Says walking simulator, if you talk about the story at all, it's it's an '80s film. Like there's there's a there's a, a sad person at the beginning, and he gets happy by the end. That's, yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. You're you're not gonna miss miss yeah. a whole lot. I, think I like you, the fact yeah. that the character embraces like themselves. I, I guess like you know, and it doesn't let outside pressures or what other people want or think of them control what they decide to do. Keeping this but intentionally vague. Your your classic '80s journey of self discovery. Yeah. I, I think if you've yeah. ever watched a, a, a film like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or uh, Breakfast Club and you play through this game, you get those those feelings of like, you know, this is this is the the person that is self-doubting underdog and it is their journey that you're going to live through. And it, it's such a beautiful experience to, to go through. That's Lish. You put it you, you put it so eloquently earlier on in the episode. Like there's a reason why this is an experience game and it's because you are going through the the personal doubts and and journey of a of a character and the people that 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 the 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 main character meets along the way is is they're so unique and interesting it's like you know nothing you would expect and and that's probably one of the coolest things about this game is every moment i was like this is weird this feels like i'm on an acid trip and i've never done acid so clearly this is is uh touching on some some nerves that you know like it, it reaches out and does creative things that you wouldn't expect and really just kind of nails it i think this is a perfect game and i don't say that about anything ever man no i don't know if i would say perfect um but it's really well done I think the flow is good. The pacing is good. The graphics, that's our next discussion, are amazing. Um, I think the story is done extremely well. I, I just, there's not a lot that you can point out about it that you could say that was bad. Well, let's get I into thought, the, oh, sorry, Zam, go ahead. You're right, you're right. I thought it was kind of boring. Really? Okay. It, it, I, yeah. That's I why did. I don't like, say it's, it's perfect. It's, it, it was, okay, it was, it was pretty and it you know like the yeah the story was fun again you were like it was predictable i was like oh yep yeah go figure oh oh is this uncle uh, saw this coming back okay but and i don't know if it's just that i'm not used to as many walking simulators um having kind of coming back to indies but 
it, it it's because i i mostly play a lot of i play i've been playing a lot of adventure games right a lot of destiny that type of stuff so i felt like there was a lot of just me sitting there and staring at a screen as i kind of walked across uh this landscape but it wasn't being able to hold as you're walking across like it has the music playing in the background you hold the button down and the guitar riffs go that makes you feel cool but at the same time i was like okay let's let's get to the next simon part so there's i can at least be doing something or i actually kind of wish that the platforming had been a little more involved because it was actually kind of fun, especially once they they add in the extra abilities. Like you get a double jump, you get the the you could strum the guitar in the air to kind of like float a bit, and uh, you get a you could you slam your guitar down right and use that to do a special jump to get one of the achievements. It those were cool things that are never really really used, and I mean it felt like a lost opportunity there. I agree with you. The the further you get in the platforming sections in the game, so like I said, there are three major like chunks in which it takes you on a separate adventure within the game. By the time you get to that third chunk, um, the platforming is is a little more involved and it's quite fun. You know, there's things to bounce off of. There's like large gaps. There's like you can catch yourself in beams of light. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities you have in the platforming sections. And again, none of it's hard. But I, I do agree with you in, in that it's more fun because it's more involved versus just jumping over some logs or jumping over some gaps. Now, see, all that platforming that you just said, like the, the beams and stuff, that's all in the second section. I thought that, that was in the third in, section. Nope, it's in the second one. The the, oh. the third section is where you go up to do your final performance and stuff. And that's that's where you're running through like the, the village and stuff. And it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm no. with you. Yep. So it's the, the best part so of the, the game second. is that, that kind of middle chunk you know where you get to right after you've designed your character and everything and then it just kind of goes okay for me anyways would you guys consider this a pretty strong contender for being an actual game or or is this is this not enough for you because i i think of games like uh firewatch where all you're doing is walking around talking to someone and and cataloging stuff uh, this was way more interactive than Firewatches outside of just, you know, being in a world and stuff. But would you guys, would you guys say that compared to like a Firewatch that this is more of a game or less of a game? I would say more of a game for sure. Uh, personally, I'd agree with that. But I, I think the whole, like, is it a game at all is, is a silly discussion personally. Yeah. Like if I'm picking up a controller <laughs> and I'm sitting in front of my TV and I'm actively using my controller to do something, it is a game. Regardless of what I'm doing in the game, if it's just walking around or reading journals or cataloging things, it's still a game. Like Sea Life Safari um, was a 360 game, and your whole game, all you're doing is just going around snapping pictures of Sea Life. Still a game. It's just Pokemon Snap right there. Audience, I, I feel I feel like I have to say this. Uh, Kylie has been known to pick up certain games uh, depending on how easy their gamer score is to to complete, though. Trying to be better. <laughs> <laughs> that was last year. This year is all about like playing what I have in my library, and I really want to give some more dedicated time to all the amazing games that are on Game Pass. Like they've done such a good job bringing an indie presence to Game Pass, and then flushing that indie presence out. That it just blows my mind. Like every day they're announcing more games. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to play that and that and that and that. And you know, not everything's great. Like, do not recommend Paparazzi. Sorry, Paparazzi. Look like a bad game. Still bad game. <laughs> It's just, it could be good. It's just not polished. 
I is guess is the best way I'd put better, that. Better or worse than Artful Escape? Way worse. <laughs> oh, Artful, Artful Escape is good. Um, I, I really Oof. did enjoy the time with it. Like, I think one of the things I enjoyed about the story of Artful Escape, and, and maybe it's just me, but sometimes when I play a game, I just want to play a story. I don't want a love triangle. I don't want them to, you know, my favorite thing where they kill a character off or they kill a family member off to try and artificially like draw your emotions. Like I don't, I just give me a good story. You don't have to kill anybody. You don't have to be in love with anybody. There doesn't need to be a love triangle. There doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, and that was really refreshing in Artful Escape. Like, yeah, there's a male character and a female character and they're interacting closely, but nobody's in love with each other, which is awesome. Like I just, you know what I mean? Like you can have those interactions and not have to have a romantic influence. Everything you just described was was the the qualifications for Spider-Man for PS4. I just want to I just want to point that out. <laughs> it was a Spider-Man <laughs> game, but everything you just said would be applying to like these are the cheap things that Spider-Man does to get you to feel like it's a good ah. game. Oh my god. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to throw throw Spider Man under the bus. I thought the the parallels were interesting. I, I agree. Spider Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker it. for like a vengeance story or something. I, I so, but I get it. I get why you know, especially triggers for certain people. Um, speaking of which, can you think of any story triggers? In this one that might be might turn people off like things that they would sorry i blanked out because i was responding to it <laughs> you're good my wife was texting me a price about a, a transformer that she found at a shop and i wanted to make sure that i, I let her know not to get it <laughs> sorry what was the question um sorry triggers in the story that that might be upsetting or otherwise somebody might take issue with i don't really see anything like even even in his like the way he's treated about wanting to him to like take over the mantle and everything of his uncle like i don't feel like anybody's like i mean the worst thing is that one guy who's kind of yelly in the beginning but yeah. who supposedly punched a dude in the neck in boulder and killed him yeah like the the bully yeah. at the beginning is really the only triggering thing i can think of uh everything else really does feel like a, a sense of exploration and discovery and and anyone that that you know has trouble with that is is like i would say if you're um Oh, I can't think of it. If, if you're agoraphobic, maybe uh, this would be a, a big stretch for you to have to feel comfortable, you know, getting out of your house to, to go do something. But outside of agoraphobia and bully, I, I can't really think of anything that would be too triggering. Yeah, same. I, I can't really think of anything either. So that's good. Hey, you know what? Perfect game. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean five out of seven, sir. Oh, you're right. Uh, sorry. Eight seven out of nine. Seven uh, out of nine. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Let's talk about oh the graphics. God. Okay, let's, okay, let's, okay. Let's age us all a little more. <laughs> yeah. Um, graphics. I, I think this is definitely the prettiest game I have seen in a while between the way that they had 2D characters on a 3D environment and the way that the movement was so smooth um, and the interaction between the two, but also the way that the depth of the background, especially in the platforming sections, blew me away. Like it was done so well. But I could be alone in this. What do you guys think of that? No, it. I mean, it looked good. I I, I like that kind of field of view and the depth. It it it's a it's a pretty game. It's a very pretty game. I, I saw that uh, there there was an interview with the developers about um 
uh, on UnrealEngine.com. And one of, the, one of the things they ask about is their favorite uh, effect that they used on it. And they said, Bloom. And yeah, boy, did they. Yeah, I I didn't like the art design as much. I thought it was really pretty. I thought the colors were amazing. Uh, the whole 2D puppet kind of characters, uh, that the little cutout style that they did for it, I thought was a little a little off-putting. Given the, the design that they had for these worlds, uh, honestly, I would have loved to have seen something in 3D. I would have loved to have had like a third-person action game where you're kind of running around through these forests and these uh, planets and stuff. Um, seeing a ship in, in 3D and stuff would have been really cool. I mean, it played well for the sake of customization, being able to, you know, uh, it's it really is like a paper doll simulator in that aspect um but like oh, yeah when when i think of when i think of weird movements i think of like watching watching francis dance was like so off-putting but watching yeah. the actual stick figure well i shouldn't call them stick figures but watching the actual character movements was kind of so yeah. so but i still think like their interaction to the environment the characters in the background like i feel like that all was very smooth um but with what you're saying i have a question for you considering that this is their first game do you think they did a good job oh yeah given, yeah, yeah. For, you know for this being the first game like interacting with the environment and how they how they pulled it off i think again like the, the 3d environments on a 2d uh side scroller they they nailed it like the parallaxing is beautiful you feel like you can really move wherever you want in 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 the verticality of the actual level um i think that the the ui design was really good i think the the characters were very unique uh i think they really did a great job i, I it's just one of those situations where i i look at the 2d characters and i think god they they killed it with the environments they killed it with the story. They they hired the right people. The music is absolutely amazing. The beautiful the colors are beautiful and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it's 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 like playing Mario level one one dash one. <laughs> you know, you're going from left to right and that's paper Mario. Yeah. <laughs> that that's the only gripe I've ever really had with it though, is is that it just didn't it didn't feel like I was in the world all the time. It felt like I was watching a paper craft go across the world. And I would have liked to have been able to actually explore those environments a little bit more. Yeah, same. It's you you literally took the words out of my mouth. Those the the aliens that you meet, like especially like say the ones again in that village in the third section, something about their design turned me off so hard. Like it, they just, they didn't flow with the similar design style, I, I guess. And it just, yeah, I, like they looked, they looked like something you pulled out of a totally different game. And then like you said, with the movement, I'm pretty sure I've seen that exact style of movement from someone like the Barbie flash games my daughter has on her tablet. So, you know, it was, it was a little weird. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen some more variation in the characters across the different sections of the universe. I'm, I'm air quoting here that you guys can't see that on the podcast, but um, <laughs> across these different sections of the universe where they're traveling to in these three different sections of the game, I would have definitely liked to see some variation in like the styles of the aliens and stuff because it's just not there. Which brings me to, dude, what's up with one, everybody wearing glasses and two, everybody not having arms? <laughs> 
<laughs> right? It's a weird character decision, right? Like, the, the, something tells me that they had problems, like, with eyes. They Because, uh, you know, with papercraft, how do you get... Like, if you look at the feet, the feet, when they're standing there, are pointed in the same way, but it looks like their legs are broken, and, it, and it's so weird. Uh, especially given, like, the backdrops, like... um. The, the ice level with the aurora borealis and you get those weird crustaceans with the neon cities on their back and they're flying in the background and it's just like this game is amazing <laughs> this game looks so cool and then i look at francis and i'm like oh buddy oh buddy <laughs> you got big big wonky feet and they're pointed in the same direction and it looks like your legs are broken i'm so sorry for that there's no there's no three dimensions to your body at all and and i you know that's it feels so rough uh to, to look at that so i've given that this is the first game i think they killed it i think they absolutely killed it i don't know how they got the mark or how they got the money together to be able to to uh, uh get the cast that they did because it seems like you know they still managed to pull off a really good game uh aside from that but yeah with uh with with future games and stuff i would love to see them bring someone in who can do some really good 3d designs on characters and stuff even if you're still going on a 2d plane yeah i think that the the 2d character on a 3d environment was really cool personally okay that's what i think but i do think that there are some failures in the 2d character that makes it look and feel more disconnected from the 3d plane and that is something, whether it would have been additional development time or they can fix it in a future game, but it's, it's definitely something that once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This game looks way better than Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'll say that. <laughs> Listen, you know, that's an experiment in and of itself. I love that I got no pushback on that. So I'm, I, cheers, I, cheers I to mean, you, friends. I, mean, I don't play the Pokemans, so I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god. Again, age us up some more there, Lish. Pokemans. Okay. <laughs> Lifelong Pokemon player here, but hey, you know what? I'm debating whether or not I'm going to pick up uh, Legends, but I don't blame you. You know, it's the. I could probably get over the look, especially if I play it on a portal, uh, Switch on portable mode, then really, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, just pretend you're drunk half the time. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> with Artful Escape. Yeah. I, I did want to, uh, where do oh, you, go ahead. oh, sorry. I, I, I was just curious, like, uh, cause we were, we're talking about gameplay we're talking about the beauty of the, the game and stuff. And it feels like they really killed it with that. Uh, with this studio, are you guys thinking like a second game from them would follow in the same thing? Or do you think that they would be able to just go wherever they want? And would you want them to divert or divert so heavily from that? Or do would you want like a second game where they focus on a new character and do something similar, uh, but still somewhat different? So I have a couple things to go over. One, I'd like to talk about the music because i think with everything Ooh, else that yeah. they've done like the music needs to be discussed but um i don't want them to make a sequel or follow up to this i think that from beginning to end the experience is something that it caps off very nicely and I'd, i would not like to see at least directly related to this in that vein i think that given the caliber and quality of the game that they produced on their first run they can absolutely try something completely different and i would i would be for that i'd support it i'd try it damn how yeah. you feeling Same. yeah I, I, I something different man i think they like for all the criticism i've thrown at it it's a cool game yeah especially if you have game pass this is an awesome experience to pick up on game pass play it a bit you know uh, heck if you're playing it i think you could stream this game uh through game pass so like i do think you're right on on Honestly, I like this might even be a good one for mobile with touch controls. 
You know, nothing's too crazy. And the platform might be a little, eh, but at the very least, you could start it that way. And it, it might be a good setup for something like that. Um, but yeah, I would like to see them do something different. That's something so interesting. Different. Oh my God. That's so, I, I totally see them going into a sequel. I, I totally see Francis becoming the new Lightman and ushering in a new person and having a conflict between musical themes, like, you know, types of music, like have a, have a, a person that, that takes the role of Francis. And instead of playing the guitar, they rap, you know, do something really unique with that. And then have them go on the same kind of journey, but instead of it, you know, we're, we're, we're going from, you know, cars one, where you're, you're trying to figure out if you're the actual hero to like cars three, where you're having to teach someone to be the next hero and, you know, having, having Francis be that, that next, uh, that next kind of mentor in, in the theme. My, my name is Derek and I'm here to say, I've got to blow your minds in an unusual way. It would be weird though, <laughs> wouldn't it? It would be so interesting, but I, yeah. I think, I think the lessons learned and I think they could totally do something in with a unique gameplay style, move away from the Simon stuff and have something more interactive maybe. Uh, but, but live in this world and kind of realize like it, it's, there's a reason why there's a legacy that we don't find out about uh, in this game that, you know, you, you, there, there's a history that, that doesn't get fully explained uh, when you're playing through it. And there's like an assumed amount of knowledge that uh, has, has of stuff that's happened before you come into the story, but you're playing through your story. Uh, and with this being the first iteration, this serves as a perfect backdrop for the history of what a sequel would, would bring given a new hero. You guys look bored. No, I, I, <laughs> I dropped, I dropped the, my fidget. Um, no, it's not that I wouldn't play one set in the same universe or anything like that. I just think that they are, if this is their first game, they're a powerhouse and I don't want to see them stuck into the same mold. Okay, let's do the same game again, but just change some stuff up or do it a little bit better. Like, I'd love to see them. It's like the Stardew Valley guy, right? He does Stardew Valley. It's really popular. He's done a great job. Like, it's an awesome game. And now he's making Witchbrook, which is basically the same game. Okay, but what about Double Fine? Double Fine did Psychonauts, and it was great, but it took a, a lot of crowdfunding to get the second one kickstarted. But the Kickstarter for that was impressive enough that they were picked up by Microsoft and then they were able to really, really put in a lot of work into the second Psychonauts. And Psychonauts two was one of the the you know best rated games of 2021 but think about the amount of games that came between psychonaut one and psychonaut two like the amount of experience game building variation and everything else that they did in those years between in order to create psychonauts into what it was i i would, would not mind seeing an artful escape two at all but not right away again i want them to get more experience under their belt more variation and and just have that ability to say i've done something different and now i know what works and what doesn't it's a good point it's Really good point, honestly. But you wanted to talk about the music. But so we did kind of briefly talk about that earlier. But uh, the the creative director, lead creative director, his name is Johnny Galvatron, and um, he is from a band called the Galvatrons, and uh, they have some pretty kicking songs. And uh, what they did in the game, they have some really, I don't know, I just feel like the music is done really, really well. Like the background music, the music during encounters, the music that you play, especially when you do the Simon Says. Like the Simon Says, um, which for those of you who don't know what Simon Says, I feel like it's called something different in different countries. Um, Simon Says is like a, uh, if it does one, two, three, you have to repeat one, two, three. So 
Um, I feel like that is maybe not the coolest, you know, experience, but the sound and the music that comes out of that, the way that it crescendos and emphasizes when you're hitting the increasing correct buttons is really cool. The, the game is just called Simon, by the way. Is it to, really? To be, to be, to oh, be that yeah. nerd. Yeah, you're right. Yes, it is just called yes. Simon. But I mean, it Simon. is what Simon says for you to do. The instructions, the instructions are right there. I think I think that's the the uh, inspiration for the name for it. Probably mm -hmm. I had the wiki pulled up, but I closed it down because I wanted to double check. That's too funny. Yeah, that's. I think they the thing that I think I I enjoyed about the music the most was how effortlessly it is when you're listening to the music and uh, when you go to play the instrument, you're literally just holding one button down as you kind of venture through the worlds, but how beautifully it syncs up with the background music. Uh, everything that you do with the guitar just accentuates and, and enhances the the music that's already going. And it's like, well, now I don't ever want to let go of the guitar button because it just makes it sound so much better. So I'm just going to be wailing the whole level. And anytime I stop, I'm like, oh, but this sounds so much better when I'm, when I'm playing. And the way that the backgrounds trigger and react to you playing the guitar and then add to that music as well with like, you know, additional notes and stuff like that. It's It's just really well done. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that they focused on in the game was we want this to be a really cool musical journey for people. And I think they succeeded. I feel like I, I wanted it because you bring up something that I didn't think about till now. But uh, one of the few things that I think goes unnoticed is the fact that the the background and the environment around you react to you playing and it, it seems it seems silly but it feels like a dopamine hit whenever that happens it feels like they <laughs> they figured out how to gamify you you wanting to hit that button more because the world reacts to it and, and if it's one thing that us as humans have noticed if a podcast is any example of that we want attention so when things uh, uh, react to us doing things in the world it's like oh oh they noticed me notice me senpai i hit the guitar and it's it, you know that's that, it's something that goes unsaid in the game but it's definitely present and and i think it's a subconscious desire to want to be noticed and to want to feel like what you're doing is impacting the world around you because in this game it literally is yep <laughs> I, I agree full stop it was awesome i don't think that artful escape would have been the game that it was without the way that the music was handled are you okay there buddy i don't know what you're talking about oh okay <laughs> um yeah I, I agree it's i will say Having to hold down the guitar button the whole time just so that you could keep the music going and some of the platforming was a little annoying, but... Oh, I'm sorry. Was was running in Super Mario too tough for you? Listen, listen. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure running and jumping is, is something you struggle sometimes, with. Sometimes, okay. Hey, sometimes I can't walk and chew bubblegum, all right? Just want to make sure. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard. I mean, it was it, it wasn't that bad. Mostly when it was, uh, if you were trying to use like the the guitar dash that you had to do or something, mm -hmm. like you're like, oh shoot, I gotta let go so I can hit it again yeah. and do the guitar like that. That would be a little frustrating at times, but in okay, the but grand scheme of it, it was pretty minor. Is is that is that a testament to the enjoyment that you got when you were holding it yes. down? 
because you're like, oh, absolutely, I'm not paying attention. I'm too immersed. Yeah, exactly. I I think that was one of the best parts of the game was that whole that interaction in the background. Like you said, as the as the creatures come alive in the background and stuff happens, it was great. I was like, once I realized that, and the the game does tell you about it um, a little ways into that first big area you're in, and once I realized what's happening, I went, oh, 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 what did I miss? But I wasn't gonna go back and check it. <laughs> It, it could have been a toggle, like if you pressed X and toggled the music on, and then you could have been able to make those jumps and stuff without having to, to let go of the button. Um, I think that that could have maybe been handled a little bit better, because um, that is something that I definitely noticed on my playthroughs, too. Most of the times that I fell into a gap and missed a platforming is because you're supposed to do jump, jump, and then use your guitar to get over that last bit of the gap. And because I was holding down the guitar and watching how like the backgrounds reacted, I did not have that available and I would fall in the gap and die and <laughs> have to start over, which again, it's not punishing. It's not a big deal, but I think it probably could have ha been handled better. Well, let, let's speak a little bit to the accessibility of the game. Um, there's there's not a whole lot that really can be factored into it. But as you say, like there, the, the Simon aspect of it is forgiving for the most part but uh there's not really any kind of good audio cues uh if you don't know where where the buttons are and i, I definitely think this game could use from a little help from some of the the other studios out there that build accessibility into their game from the start uh like you said having a toggle for the run i think would be really strong for for any f future iteration of a, of a game like this where the intent is is to try and experience it less so like the the technical skills behind it so not having to hold that down if you're you know if you can't hold down buttons for long periods of time it does kind of take a lot of that enjoyment away from the game i can say if i didn't have my elite controller and have that button remapped to something on the back it would have been much more of a pain for me to hold the button down to play while i was running um and, and there isn't much, speaking of, in the way of accessibility options, like, at all, um, which is disappointing. Because, it, it, one, when you get into the sections where you play Simon, um, I personally struggled at some points to go, what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, I'm supposed to be looking over here, seeing that this looks like, you know, the magical musical key, and I'm supposed to be repeating that. So there's a couple times where I slipped there. And I can see if somebody maybe was colorblind, like they would really struggle with that. Um, and then also, I think that uh, they're, they could, I don't know, they just could have handled some of the things better in that, that same vein for that reason. Like what if somebody was sight impaired? They're really burned. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I think, uh, or, or at least where I'm hoping um, tools like uh, really good haptic feedback. I think the the PlayStation 5, I would love to play this on the PlayStation 5 uh, controller to get an idea if if haptics were actually enabled for that controller, because it is it is very good when it comes to having pinpoint accuracy based on vibration uh, to help with that, because I would I would love it if there was a way to try and indicate like on a controller based on feedback. Um, what buttons you would have to press. So you'd have the buttons, your, your fingers on the buttons and whichever one vibrated or, or whichever part of the control pad vibrated, you'd get an idea of like, okay, it would be the left side of the, the buttons or the right side of the buttons or, uh, you know, kind of work work around that and see like if there's anything that could be done to help out with, uh, you, know, you know, sighted or unsighted people. Yeah. 
Sorry, I always leave with a non sequitur. I don't know why. As I don't I say, know. Leave with another one. <laughs> um, uh, is there anything else specific you guys would like to discuss in pertain pertaining to the game, the game experience, the story, the music, anything that you would like to point out or discuss? Because otherwise, I think we can kind of move to like a final final thoughts. Final judgments. I can't really think of anything. I really did love uh, the the fact that even through the story. Um, there's moments where you think things are going well, but they don't actually go well. Um, and then I really just didn't like the ship and the dancing. I think the, the ship and the dancing were so weird. Uh, but I, I do think this is one of those games where if, you, if you've if you got a night and you're not sure what you want to play and you want to try something weird, I think this game is going to be that. It, but it is really off-putting if you're not used to really out there character designs. Like if you're not a fan of like Babylon 5 or you've never seen a, a you know, a Star Trek episode or, or a Star or Star Wars thing, like this is going to trip you out and you're going to be like, what the heck am i looking at because this is kind of crazy that's about it as far as like some of the things that i've that i would i would kind of wrap up with dialogue like, system oh go ahead sorry. Oh, sorry yeah you're fine uh okay so the uh, dialogue options um for the most part none of them mean anything that's you could just basically if you wanted to fly through this game and just be mashing buttons to just hurry through all this stuff you absolutely could um i would say that the game is a really great experience i've said that a couple of times but i I think that that people should try it um i think the music is fantastic and for five hours like you could be doing something worse you know like running millions of strikes on destiny or you know (laughs) doing some multiplayer in halo like you know take five hours give it a try um it's it's worth the time i think and if you're a big cheesement fan like i am um I did a playthrough in including breaks and everything like that, four hours and 45 minutes. And I got all but two achievements, which these two tell me are pretty easy to go back and get. So in your five hours, you're also, or five to six, we'll say, we're also going to get a thousand gamer score out of it. It's It's got the chapter select, which I really like too. So you can actually, you can really go back to any level that you want and just play through that level and, and get those last couple achievements. And one's, one's uh, told to you and, once you go back to that level you'll 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 be able to finish it the other one uh there's not really a good way to know so i just recommend going over to like true achievements and looking it up and that's going to be the easiest way to to knock that last one out i have to have an opinion for one moment every game should have chapter select full stop that's hard in an open world game though yeah like how do you how i mean you chapter select an open world game in an open world game that should have pers- whatever is available for like collectibles or whatever should be persistent like halo if you go too far in the halo story and you miss the collectibles sucks to be you now you have to replay the entire game i'm not okay with that like that's something that needs to be resolved if if it's a if it's a linear game it needs chapter select and if it's an open world game then collectibles need to be persistent or in reattainable in some manner because otherwise like you're ending up playing through the entire game for what one collectible like it's it's not worth that it's funny because i i look at halo as your example and i and i think that actually is probably the worst of both because it it is an open world game but (laughs) there's so many linear parts where you can't go back but it would be easy enough to chapter select those moments that i'm like oh why do i have to go back and do the beginning of the game again just to try and find this one random skull that i can't find and then still can't find it anyway Mm -hmm. At, at least in Fable, um, which I, Fable 2 is near and dear to my heart. 
it would show you. It would say this area has blah, blah, blah collectibles. So you would know before you moved on from that area if you'd gotten everything. And I, I think that if you're yeah. going to have an open world game where you move past a, a point of no return, um, they should at least have that available to you so you know, okay, I need to be looking for something. doesn't even have to tell you where it is, just that it exists. So you know, okay, if, if collectibles are important to me, I can't move on yet. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. I, I, I think it comes down to priority of what the what the team is actually shooting for. If, if, you know, the collectibles are there and they're just something that they want you to, you know, have a reason to kind of explore in the world, that's great. Uh, that's It's exactly what I enjoyed about Breath of the Wild when I was playing through that Zelda game is those collectibles, those little uh, Koroks and stuff weren't necessary, but they did help out and it, it kind of made the game a little bit easier. So it was worth kind of going and doing those. But collectibles for the sake of collectibles or rank right up there with hiding lore tablets out in the world that you have to go find and to, to get the story <laughs> of a game like i don't if you can't if the story isn't good enough to give to put it on the main stage <laughs> seriously <laughs> like i i if the story is not good enough then then you know put it in a book put it in a, in a you know somewhere else but it, don't hide your your story from me I hate that. Yeah. How many people are going to go back after collecting those and actually read them? Like, New World is super, super guilty of that. Yeah. So in New World, you can go back and you can collect all these little, like, pages that are skittered all around the world. How many people are going to stop and go back into that menu and read all of that outside of Earn? Like, Podcasters. No hey, hey <laughs> listen, I there's a lot of toilet breaks that where I read all of the Destiny 1 lore on, from the app. <laughs> A lot of, <laughs> but that's the difference is is that that stuff was made externally for you. Like you could go in through the app and actually read that stuff. But I mean, if we're, if we're talking about like a game like Halo, like those audio logs are spread mm -hmm. out all over the place, but they're audio, but you still have to sit there and do that. And then I don't, cause I don't want to move from where I'm at because I'm like, well, if I move too far from where I'm at, then, you know, what if I interact with something and it cuts off the audio log or it starts overlapping and I'm like, no, this is stupid. I don't I have to sit here and actually listen to this, but you couldn't have just like built it into the actual story so it it's, d gets away from the whole point of what we're talking about with artful escape because that's not an issue there that all the story is built into the actual game which i i like uh but and as no far collectibles as, and no collectibles either. yeah that's the nice thing it, it's, it's refreshing easy easy uh thousand point achievement list it was like I have uh, I've thousand pointed two games on Xbox that's Destiny 2 because I've been playing it forever and this game because it was very easy to go back and get, and get them well that says something very for easy. Artful Escape though it, yeah, I mean it does. that you're coming from a mainstream side of things and you played through the game and mostly enjoyed it mm -hmm. and uh, even we're willing to go back and you know thousand point achievement finish it up so when you get to the end of the game and you go back and you look at the achievements and you see one of them secret and then one of them's like very easy especially with chapter select like that's that's a that's a low bar for your for your gamers like that's a good way to to like reward them for playing through the game you know all you have to do is actually just play the game and you're fine yeah so it kind of sounds like we're coming to coming to our, our final judgment phase so why don't we why don't we go ahead and jump into those i say play it i mean i i don't do you know scale of one to ten or anything like that i don't feel like that's fair to a game and of course with every game your mileage may vary but i say take the time Take five hours, try it, play it, you know, even if it's not your jam, you might really enjoy it. Like pretty much everybody that I've talked to and seen play this loved it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It's I, I I stand by what I said, even with the criticisms. It's a it's a perfect game. It it nails exactly what it intends to do, and it and it does a good job doing it. Uh, you know, minor tweaks that I pr- think are just preferences at this point. I would I would say it's a perfect game. Seven out of nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do believe that if you don't have Game Pass, which hopefully you're here because you have Game Pass and you obviously want to uh, play the game, I believe it's not very expensive. I'm looking right now. Cheap. If my tablet will keep up with me, I think it's like fifteen or twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. That's full price. So I would I would say it's worth it. If I wouldn't, it's hard to put a price on it. It's Game Pass worthy. I would I would say this is a ten dollar mm. game for me. If I if I was going to like see it on the store and actually pay money for it, knowing what I know, I'd probably go for ten bucks for me personally. But that's my that's my situation. That's my wallet. That's not what you should be basing it on. I think it's a great game. Yeah. All right. All right real talk. Real talk. Um, I would pay fifteen for it. Mm, I, I think do- twenty is maybe a bit high. I don't think twenty is unfair, but I would feel more comfortable at fifteen. Yeah, given the the cast alone is is you know worth twenty bucks to listen to these these you know a list actors talking to you through a game. And they're done really well, mm-hmm. really yeah. really really well. It's I don't know. I think I'm I'm with Logan on the the ten dollar side. I can understand why they you know why they're asking twenty dollars for it. Uh, but like I said, it's it's on Game Pass. If you got Game Pass, play it. Just absolutely just play it. It's a, it's a quick easy play. Like you said, took you less than five hours. I think it took me about the same. I played it in two chunks, so I did have to split it up a little bit. But even that, it, it really wasn't that bad. Um, so yeah, go play it. Uh, it looks like it it came out as of this recording. It came out four days ago, so January 25th on uh, PlayStation 4, 5, and Switch. And looking it up, it looks like it was supposed to release on iOS at some point. Uh, in the Apple Arcade, but it hasn't yet. So for whatever reason, it's still delayed on there. Wow. Well, I think I, that's as far as we go on this particular topic. Our next one up will be Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, I think the plan is going to be go through the games alphabetically, one from each letter. Um, however, we don't want to dis- discount um, that there are games out there that we would like to discuss, and we don't want to wait till we get to the letter tea you know so we'll have some one-off episodes too um over the course of the year where we discuss some games that we feel like are just too cool or too terrible um to wait for and we'll go over it so yeah see you shaking your head over there (laughs) i'd also like to talk soon maybe about omino and unpacking uh quick plug on those two they're both uh five hour or less games as well very chill um not really brain heavy experiences very um user-friendly you know, again, fail mechanics and, and definitely worth a play. Can I can I just say I wasn't as big a fan on Omno? Really? Yeah, I got bored. <laughs> hey, everyone's entitled to an opinion except you. That's fine. Listen, that's how I felt with Artful Escape at one point. Yeah. Multiple I think that's points. the beauty of having extra person in here too is is getting to hear the perspectives of different people like i'm all day long i'm an indie lover and i know that i'm more inclined to give more leeway to indies than maybe you guys would (laughs) you know where zam you come from from a limited background of games mostly triple a's logan you kind of do a little bit of everything especially right now you're focusing on what you missed during world of warcraft so I can't believe we're glossing over the shade you threw towards Zam. Right? You know, you know, 
I, given I your played other games. Zam, Zam, given your limited experience of just AAA games, would you say right? Call of Duty is the best game ever made? Well, I haven't really played a Call of Duty since uh, Modern Warfare, so, you know... Because they haven't been good since Modern Warfare. <laughs> it's a shame oh. that, that uh, oh. with your limited AAA experience in video right? games, uh, oh my God. you haven't really experienced the, the beauty that is some of these top-notch Call of Duty games. Lish, as someone coming yeah. from the extensive uh, indie background, uh, did you enjoy the fact that they tugged at your heartstrings by killing a character or making you feel <laughs> like you were... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you know that gets me heated. Oh, you no. know, you know oh. that gets me heated. Freaking killing oh, off man. characters for emotional... How dare they? These fake characters. Rude. Rude. I love you guys, and you know it. <laughs> I love you, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, was there anything else you guys wanted to dive into with the Artful Escape? I think I'm done. All right. I think we're good. I Just a friendly reminder again, look up the Galvatrons. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. That band. Uh, you, the one song I listened to. What was this when called? When We Were Kids. Is It's called When We Were Kids. Yeah. When We Were Kids. When did they, like, they're, they're still active, right? Like, they're, this is yeah, a... Yeah, they are still active. Okay. The song hey, came out in, like, 2007-ish. Sorry, Zam, what? No, I was going to say, I'll throw this out there. There's a, uh, uh, a great guitar solo in that music video, and the guitar he's playing on is the same as on the key art for Artful Escape. Yeah, yeah, they they did a really so, good job. I, little I, info. I like that. that this, this band is definitely going on my Spotify list. I'm going to be digging into them. All right. Well, I love you too, and we've been having a real fun chat about games in general. Um, you know, distractions aside. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna end it here. This has been uh, another episode of Destination Indie. Uh, if folks want to get a hold of you guys, is that something that you all want to do? Like a, a Lish, where where can people uh, reach out to you if they want to talk to you about indies that you you may they may want to have like spotlighted on the uh, podcast at some point? Definitely, best way to get a hold of me is on Twitter, and it's gonna be at Kylea. So that's K Y L E I A. Um, also, anything Destination Indie related, I do feature on the Destination Indie Twitter, which is at DestIndie, D-E-S-T-I-N-D-I-E. Um, and then, of course, you can always email me at DestinationIndie at gmail.com. Awesome. Zam, you got any place on social media that people can reach out to you, or do you want you to stay anonymous and not have to worry about getting getting crap for only playing two video games in the last 15 years? <laughs> Uh, no, reach out and try it. I, I, despite uh, all the shade that Lish has thrown at me, I really have played more games. That <laughs> uh, you could find me on Twitter at Zamwow. Um, beyond that, that's that's about it. Awesome. I think that's Z A M M W O W. That is correct. Two M's. All right. I'm not going to spell. Oh, and up. also, if anybody's a member of your Discord server, we both can be found under those names in your Discord server as well. That's true. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you're not sure what the heck she's mentioning, uh, I, I do a Sea of Thieves podcast called Keelhauled. I have one Discord server because I don't think I could manage more than one at this point. I already have help trying to get the one that I have down. Uh, but there is a Destination Indie channel set in there specifically for the podcast. Um, I still have to try and convince Kylie to let me uh, uh, bust this all out and put it all on anchor.fm so that way uh, uh, she can have full control if she wants to and that way if I die uh, as some character in, a, in an indie game called Life then you know it, it'll be really easy for her to continue this on with Zamwow 
uh, and that way, if, you know, I mean, I have two cats. It's highly probable I might die in my sleep because of one of them. So just saying. Oh, you're going down. I know. It's okay. I, I feel like this is, it, it's already gone on too long. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, links in the show notes if you guys want to get a hold of us. Uh, really appreciate all the love and support that people have given us. Uh, we, we know we've been sporadic. That's podcasting for a lot of people. It's fine. It's normal. We're here now, and that's what matters. And we're going to be bringing more indie games to you in the future through Destination Indie. <laughs>